0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message.
1: Uh, anyway, without further ado, I am fired up. We're going to talk about taking a stand. We went to the conference this week, and I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was about taking a stand. And um, the very first night when praise and worship started... Man, the Holy Spirit just began to work on me. And uh, and I wrote this down <clears throat> as he was giving it to me. The stakes are high. And I kept hearing that. The stakes are high. And I just have to tell you, I had all my notes written out. And since... 2020, used to when we first started the church, God would show me something and it would be five, ten years before you would see that word come to pass. It It would be over time and you would be, He would be giving me words that was backing up what he was saying, and I would start seeing it. And he started working on us when we first started that he's changing the face of the church from sheep to lions. And, 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 and that, that was a whole deal. And I mean, and bring, you know, the kingdom. And, 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 and then he began to say, he, you know, even before we started the church... He was showing me in the late 1990s, he was showing me that he's drawing a line right down the middle of America and how he's bringing correction and order to his church. And and, 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 and man, when you're trying to, you know, put all these pieces together and, and it's 10 years 15 years down the road, you know, you're, you're see, you start seeing it unfold. And then when 2020 hit, it was like he just peeled back the layers and he would be showing me things and I couldn't even get to the pulpit and preach it before he would confirm the word. And so as I was writing this word, I get a text in a video that the Pope, come on, that the Pope has signed in where he is blessing same-sex union. The Pope, the very guy that is supposed to be Jesus, come on, signed in the guy that was supposed to announce it wouldn't announce it, so they fired him and got somebody that would. The stakes are high. Because here's what the Holy Spirit said. The stakes are high because the enemy is out there seducing believers into a lie. He's deceiving them with half-truths. He's debating them on God's Word. Come on. And there's believers out there who've been standing. And here's the scary thing. Is that we're going to lose some believers because after 9-11... I've seen it. After 9-11... Those towers fell. People flooded the churches. Filled church houses all across America. Churches were full. The next week, they were empty again. And the reason is, is because all those hurting people who needed to see, that knew and know that there's more to the gospel than just saying a prayer and waiting to go to heaven, they all went back to the church house and it was the same old mess. And so they emptied them again. This is why this is such a critical moment in our time. There is a thing called the cycle of nations. And nations will go through these cycles and this nation is at the cycles of nation. Matter of fact, we are past. We can turn the tide. If one person can make that stand and open their windows that have continually normally bowed their knee, come on, God will shut the mouths of lions. But we have to make a stand and we have to start thinking different. We can't keep thinking with the same old broke system. When God began to deal with us when we started the church, it was because the church in America was broken. And we were to gather the scattered that have been running from these broke systems where the enemy comes in and causes strife and they don't deal with anything because our church houses have been full of sheep. Come on. And the pastor in the pulpit is the problem. If the nation goes to hell in a handbasket, it's the pulpit's fault. If immorality runs rampant, it's the pulpit's fault. Come on. One woman took prayer out of school. Whose fault was that? And now we see the church blessing what God calls abominable. Come on, man. This is going to be rough. This morning, this is going to be rough. But it's the truth. My job is not to come in here and just coddle everybody. It's not my job. And this morning, we're not coddling. This morning, it's a wake-up call. And in the book of Ezekiel, in the book of Ezekiel, God tells Ezekiel in chapter 2, I'm sending you to a stubborn and obstinate children like their fathers. Now, here's the scary thing about that. These are all religious people. These are all God's people. And he said, I'm sending you to a stubborn and obstinate children. The word obstinate, it means stubbornly, Adhering to an opinion, purpose, or course in spite of reason, argument, persuasion, or truth. See, we're living in a day where people are being taught in colleges, seek your own truth. What is the truth? What is your truth? What is it? And that's why we got kitty litters in high school bathrooms and junior high bathrooms. And kids can meow through the fifth grade and pass. Is anybody in here? And we've been saying it for years. And people don't like me hearing it. But parents, here's what I'm telling you. If you send your kid to a college and they don't have a biblical worldview, you will not recognize your child when he comes out of that hellhole. It is a corrupt, pagan institution that is indoctrinating your kids. And I don't know how else to tell you that. But you will not recognize your child when they come out of there. Come on. And God says, I'm sending you to a stubborn, obstinate children. See, Ezekiel wasn't your normal prophet. Ezekiel was shockingly in your face. He was very dramatic. He would he would take and rip the pages out. If he was here today, he'd be eating this word in front of you. He'd just take it and eat it. And then he'd start prophesying to you. He would shockingly be in your face and say things that make you... Uh, Come on. So he wasn't your normal. He was on the second deportation back out of Jerusalem to Babylon. But he was 20 years of prophesying in exile, two exiles while he was looking back at Jerusalem. And in Ezekiel chapter 16... See, God knows that He's going to have to send somebody that is so shocking and so offensive because they're not going to want to listen to truth because they've already built themselves religious systems and seated themselves in positions of forming their own truth about God. And so send sending Ezekiel to shock them and wake them up. And here's what he says. Son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations and say, thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your origin and your birth are from the land of Canaan.' Here's what he does right off the bat. He starts reminding them where they came from. He says, You, if you read, and I encourage you to go read this, because I don't have time to break this all down. We'd be here half the day, and we'd miss the Cowboys game. <laughs> and so, we can't miss the Cowboys game. <laughs> He tells them, you were squirming in your blood. You weren't even wanted. You weren't even worthy enough to raise or train. God tells them, I, listen, do you realize how small of a people? Abraham. It was just Abraham. God took and made a people. And he tells them, I advanced you to royalty. You were nothing. You were left for dead. And he begins to remind them who they were. And now you've walked away from me. You're not doing things my way. But here's what got me. He said, speak to Jerusalem. And man, that got my attention. Because usually when you read in the Bible, God says you speak to Israel. Israel in the Old Testament is the church. You speak to Jacob. That's God's people, church. Come on. You speak to Judah. You speak to the son. But he said Jerusalem. And man, that got me. See, Jerusalem is the capital city. It is where the seat of government and religion is. It's where laws are formed. It's where, come on, are y'all with me now? It's where the seat of governance to govern a people and a nation is. Ooh, this throws a whole new spin on this. Because, he's, he, because where, wherever the governance, it directs the nation and the thinking. Come on, man. We're, we're, we're living in this right now. We've we've got seats of government that are trying to tell us what's right, what's truth. We got our churches that's formed godliness. Come on, that are holding the forms of godliness but denying the power of it. Come on, see we've got all these seats that are trying to govern. God says you speak to Jerusalem for their abominations. Y'all with me? Paul echoes this same problem. If you need some New Testament here, Paul, he echoes the same problem. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Realize this. In the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant revilers disobedient to parents ungrateful unholy come on man disobedient to parents just go to the store unloving irreconcilable malicious gossips without self control see when you're forming your own truth you don't need self control See this is, you got to hear me now because our colleges are teaching liber, to be libertarians. Okay? The thought behind being a libertarian is that you can do whatever you do as long as it doesn't affect me. Well that's stupid. And that's wrong thinking because what What's going on right now is that, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, it's going to affect you. I heard a story. A little mouse comes up to a chicken, comes up to the pig, comes up to the cow and says, hey, Farmer Brown has bought a mouse trap." The chicken, the pig, and the cow look at the mouse and says, that don't affect me. Next thing you know, a snake gets caught in the mouse trap. Farmer Brown's wife is walking by the mouse trap that's got snake in it, and the snake bites Farmer Brown's wife. Farmer Brown's wife gets sick. She's laying in bed. She's got a fever. So Farmer Brown wants to make her some chicken noodle soup. Farmer Brown goes and gets the chicken kills the chicken to make chicken noodle soup. Farmer Brown's wife is real sick, and so now the doctor has to come, and the doctor is there having to spend time (laughs) with Farmer Brown's wife, and now he's been there all night, so Farmer Brown is fixing to cook some breakfast, and so he goes, kills the pig to get some bacon. Farmer Brown's wife dies. And now all these people come out to the farm and Farmer Brown goes to get the cow and the cow is being led to the slaughter and the mouse is standing there going, I tried to tell you Farmer Brown bought a mouse trap." <laughs> See, that's where we are. We can't just keep ignoring and not making a stand for truth. We have to start confronting truth and realize we are living in difficult times and we can't just sit back and not offend somebody because they're believing is. Because they won't let the Word of God transform their life. Come on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Farmer Brown bought a mousetrap. See, they're holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power. See, if we're going to stand, one has to step back, look at where we are, how we got here, what's working, what's not working, And we have to start looking at the fruit of what's being produced in our current systems of government and the church. You got to just step back and take a realistic look. Hey, have we really gotten better? Have we really gotten better? Have we really, as a society, morally got better? And if we're not morally better, but we're morally bankrupt, then we better look at our religious system because it's the pulpit's fault if we're morally bankrupt. Come on, man. This is going to be tough. But I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It'll change. Come on. We are in a time, and I'm going to say this again, where the enemy is seducing you away. If he's seducing pastors who are supposedly in the word, ain't nobody safe. Nobody's exempt. Let me say that. Nobody's exempt. We've got to get committed to this right here. God... Step back. Here, what does your word say about this? What is the truth about this? What is the truth about same-sex marriage? What is the truth about uh, adultery? What is the truth about fornication? What is the truth? That's good. All the hard stuff. Listen, if this was easy, everybody would do it. Look what he says in Ezekiel sixteen twenty-three. Then it came about after all your wickedness. He just he's, he lays out a whole laundry list. I'm a, I want to encourage you to go back and read Ezekiel. Then it came about after all your wickedness, talking to the stubborn and obstinate children. Woe to you, declares the Lord God, that you built yourself a shrine and made yourself high places in every square. You built yourself a high place at the top of every street and made your beauty abominable. And you spread your legs and every passerby to multiply your harlotries. That's pretty shocking, isn't it? You also played the harlot with the Egyptians, your lustful neighbors, and multiplied your harlotry to make me angry. Realize this, none of this happens overnight. None of this happened overnight. Over time, we we give in. Over time, we step back. We allow a lie. Over time, let me tell you something the enemy does not lack in patience. You compromise a little, you compromise a little. Boy, the enemy, he'll feed you an ounce of truth to shove a pound of lie down you. Because here's their argument. It's grace. It's mercy. It's progressing. We've got to love these people. Yeah, we love them. But see, we're allowing them to pigeonhole us into being unloving, bigoted, racist. See, we're, we're, no, I'm not. No, I'm not unloving. I love you enough to tell you the truth to keep you out of hell. I love you enough to tell you When you ask me not to just go, well, uh, yeah, you can just do, you know, and step back and come on. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I love you enough when you ask, I'm going to tell you. But we have to realize what am I doing that may be causing this problem? Because I've heard preachers for years Once saved, always saved. That's a lie. That is a bald faced lie. It ain't once saved, always saved. You can walk plumb off from God. People are doing it every day. We've created doctrines from funerals where God plucked another rose, they got their wings. They were drunk, hit a head on a tree, got their wings. I had to do a funeral. Guy that drank himself to death, drugs, and the family's wanting me to read a poem that he's walking in heaven holding God's hand. And I said, That might be. I don't know what happened in that time. But I can't go out there and minister to all his drunken buddies and drug buddies that he's done this all with and preach him into heaven. I will not do it. Now, I will go out because I'm not preaching him into heaven. I'm preaching you out of hell. And I can't do that. Come on, are y'all with me? And God looks like a mean ogre that has whacked people on the head and takes them. And so a little child is hearing, God took my daddy. God took my mama. God took my... When the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Come on, are y'all with me? That's not unloving. I love you enough to tell you We make choices. We make choices. See, we're in a day where we've got to start making a stand and realize what what are we saying? What are we doing that's giving way to this line of thinking? See, God's people, when they start tolerating and compromising with the world... Jesus in Revelations chapter 3, read it every now and then. says, I hate the Nicolaitans. Nicholas was one of the first seven deacons who worked out a compromise with pagan religion to be in Christianity. Nicholas was ordained right next to Stephen who died, got stoned for preaching the gospel that still exists today. Come on. Jesus said, I hate the Nicolaitans. Why? Because it's compromise. We can't just think that a pagan ideology won't try to creep back in if we don't possess and occupy what God has given us to govern. See, here's the one thing the church bought into. I can just say a prayer, sit here, and wait to go to heaven. But here's a revelation that hit me. God don't build fence, and God doesn't mow pasture. Mark the other night, and it just crawled all over me, Mark. Mark's laying in bed. God said, Mark, I don't make rue. (laughs) They needed gumbo for their wedding. He said, I don't make rue. I'm like, man, that's a revelation. God doesn't mow pastures and he doesn't build fence, but he will supply the need and he will multiply the gumbo so much that you got several buckets left over to take home. God will do that, but you gotta get out of bed and you gotta go do your part. And the church hadn't been doing its part. We ain't been building fence. We ain't been making roof, And we ain't been mowing pasture. We just sit back and go, God, somebody send somebody to mow my pasture. Come on, are y'all hearing me? See, we got to do something. We got to start speaking into our kids' lives. We got to start. I've been talking to Jesus. I've been talking to Jesus. Come on. Start talking to Jesus and then get your kids involved talking to Jesus because it'll be with them for the rest of their life. Man, look that song up. I can't, it for months now, I just can't get away from that song. Brandon Lake and Thomas Rhett. Look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. The word complacence. Self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies, uninformed. That's libertarianism, complacent, not doing nothing. Oh, those, those migrants, they doesn't affect me. Y'all, we, we got a problem. Do you, do you know how many terrorists of Hamas, Hezbollah... Iran, or all them countries over there that you don't even know where they're at. Well, I can tell you where some of them are. Right here. They don't love our country. But here's the great thing. You can shoot a gazillion bullets at them. You can blow them all to, But you ain't gonna change their ideology until you change their belief system. So, the greatest place they could be is in front of a believer who knows who they are, who knows who their God is, the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. That's where they need to be. And you'll start seeing a change happening. But I'm telling you right now, we can't do what we did to the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons and slam the door in their face. We can't do that anymore. We got to know what the word says so that we can start confronting this. You want to know why uh, all these goofy religions are taking place? Because we don't know what we believe. We don't know. Hold on, I got to go get my pastor. I I got to go get somebody that's been to four years of cemetery. Seminary. All you need is the Holy Ghost, man. That's it. Because I'm telling you right now, there was nothing greater than when them two boys showed up at my house in them white shirts with their little backpack. I said, all right, come in, boys. They came in. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk first, and then I'm going to let y'all have it. Okay. Man, they were all on board, man. And so we went for about 30 minutes establishing blood plus nothing. Jesus came for a relationship with us, not a religion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for 30 minutes, they agreed with everything that we believe. I said, okay, go. Man, they got excited. They set up on the edge of the chair and they got their little folding things out. And man, Joseph Smith, he was 14 years old and he was confused about all the different religions. And he goes out in the woods and this bright light comes down and the Lord gives him a whole nother book of religion. And that's when I stopped him. I said, wait a minute. I said, we've just established blood plus nothing. God came to do, sent Jesus for a relationship, not a religion. And you're telling me that a 14 year old pimple faced kid goes out into the woods and gets a revelation, a light. I said, the angel of, uh, the devil will come as an angel of light. And he was confused, confusions from the devil. And then he gets a whole nother book of religion. Man, they sat back on the couch and Wendy's over at the table. Come to town in Honda. They folded their stuff up. Both of them stood up and they pointed right at me and said, you're a man of Christ. I said, you boys come back anytime you want. See, the church ain't been able to do that because we don't know what we believe. Come on, I can walk you through a lot of stuff that the Holy Ghost will lead you in. You just got to be able to make that stand. Listen, divert every conversation with a religious person away from the rapture and end time doom gloom. Because all they're going to do is bring you down and just wear you out, and you'll just come on. That's not the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is walking in power and authority and shining a light. Come on, are y'all with me? Complacency leads to compromise. And when we get accustomed to our customs and traditions and doctrines of demons, then we're just holding to a form of godliness that isn't God and that's abominable. This is where we find ourselves today as believers. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. Therefore, and, and listen, everybody knows these. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, period, stop, don't go another, don't read the next sentence. It says, having done everything to stand firm. But we always say, having done everything to stand firm, stand. And we lump those together. But what it says is, having done everything to stand firm. You do everything to stand. You do everything to stand. Stand and die standing. Come on, are y'all with me? Do everything to stand for truth. Don't bow, don't step back. Come on, you do everything to stand firm in the evil day. Then it says, stand firm having girded. That word girded means to get ready for action. We haven't taught get ready for action. We are standing firm and we're getting ready for action. You've got to be able to say, that's, that's not good thinking. Here's what the Word says. I'm rooted and grounded in the Word. Listen, we got to get rooted and grounded in the Word. There's no more halfway doing this. There's no more getting by, coming around on a curve. There's, no, listen, we got to get... Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? Because the enemy is seducing you little by little to not be faithful, to not be an encouragement, to not. Because here's the seduction oh, it's just all going to hell in the handbasket. I'm just going to sit back here and mind my own business. You ain't going to mind your own business. Because here, here's what happens if you don't stand up for morality and you don't stand up for truth. Here's where the libertarian thing goes all awry. What is that libertarian going to do when a worker goes over to their house and rapes and molests their wife because their moral compass is broke? Come on, there's got to be a Sunday school teacher. There's got to be a pastor. There's got to be a grandmother. There's got to be somebody that's saying, here's what's right, here's what's wrong. Come on. And if there's no right and there's no wrong, did people do what's right in their own eyes? So your wife ain't even safe at home with the guy coming to fix something. Come on, are y'all with me? So it does, yeah, yeah, Farmer Brown bought a trap. And here's what the church can't do anymore either. We can't. Say, oh, man, I hear about that, but then live in denial, sex trafficking. Come on. Y'all I've I've dealt. I've seen it. Little boys chained like dogs in their closet being abused this church has seen a little girl four years old can't even form sentences because her parents had her locked in a dog kennel. And we want to just sit back and ignore this? There's evil. We are living in an evil day. And we got to stand against that. And we got to do whatever we can do to be Jesus in the kingdom of God for these people that are being abused by darkness. Because if we don't stand, nobody else is going to. If we don't tell that little boy up there in that classroom, we're not babysitting your kids up there, we're telling them right we're telling them what's wrong so they don't grow up to be the abusers come on are y'all with me in here we're telling them you got to be faithful to the word of God and yes you're going to be the only one that's standing on truth in your schools yes you're going to be the only one that believes this way but keep standing because by God He will come through for you. You church counselors that go to camp, you may be the only Jesus that those kids will ever see. And you never know what you're pouring in to that child may go home and minister to their kids, to their parents. Come on. Do everything to stand or die. But die in the truth, holding to moral convictions, knowing what's right, what God considers an abomination. Come on. The body of Christ throughout time has suffered and has been deceived by the say a prayer just to go to heaven mentality. Listen, it's good at making members, but Jesus never called us to make members. He's called us to be disciples. And when you come to Dayton Christian Center, you're signing up for a discipleship program That's not going to coddle you, but it's going to tell you, here's the truth. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to believe. Here's what we believe, the Word of God. The word resist means to withstand opposite instead of or because of to denote a contrast. We are to be a contrast. We are to be a distinction in this world. We're not to be conformed to it or look like it. The word stand means to abide, continue, establish, make firm or stable, introduce and cause to grow, to hold up. What are we holding up? We're holding up the covenant of God. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, it is like your marriage. It ain't a contract. It's a covenant. I'm going to be faithful to you. Come on. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be here for you. Come on. Y'all hear me? It's a covenant. Now let's just talk for a minute. When we stand, we don't mean to riot or protest or to condemn. That's not what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about rioting or protesting or condemning, telling everybody you're an idiot for thinking that way. Because they are. (laughs) And I have to work on this. Come on, are y'all with me? See, all the gifts of the Spirit are tools. And those tools are useless without the love. They're useless without love. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. And that's what I fear we're at right now. When I hear the rapture and doom gloom people is that their love is growing cold. And if we're not careful, our love can grow cold. Because when people trespass against you, when people are lawless, listen, the defund the police movement, how dumb is that? Look at the fruit being... Come on, are y'all with me? Lawlessness, when it increases, people's love will grow cold. See, we can't let our love grow cold and negate all the gifts of the Spirit. The tools that we have to be able to let thy kingdom come and thy will be done here on this earth. Come on, Romans chapter two, verse four. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? Come on, it's the kindness. So there's a balance here that we're working with. There's a balance here we're working with. See, when the Word says to stand, it means to hold up. It means to continue to abide in, to present and exhibit and yield to the Holy Spirit, keeping the covenant in order to withstand, resist in the evil day, to make known to be a contrast between righteousness and wickedness. We are the ones that... Stand in righteousness so that we can declare that's wicked. That's lawlessness. We're the ones that do that. If we're to bear fruit for the kingdom, then our actions will speak louder than our words. And one thing that we have to understand is that God always wanted His kingdom to be visible not just to be talked about in the sweet by and by, in the life hereafter. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? See, we got to look at what's working, what ain't working. The sweet by and by bringing in, and it wasn't working. Because they were singing power, power, wonder, working power in the blood. And one woman took prayer out of school. Somebody didn't make a stand. Come on, are y'all with me in here? It's visibly, you can see the fruit of just saying a prayer, making coming to the altar a finish line. You can see the fruit of when I was on jobs Oh, my faith is private between me and God. (laughs) Yeah. How's that working for you right now? See, that's not knowing your word where Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. If you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed. That's just, that's an excuse And let me tell you something, we're full of excuses. Man, are y'all with me in here? Your faith ain't private. Because when Jesus hung on that cross naked, beaten, unrecognizable, bleeding, that wasn't very private. Wasn't very private. He wouldn't do and go through all of that that we couldn't stand and resist in an evil day. Come on, are y'all with me? Look what he says. Matthew 10, verse 7. As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely you give. That's what Jesus said to do. That's what being saved is. Delivered, set free, healed, come on, and walking in the power and authority of the kingdom of God. Are y'all with me? See, by standing against evil and holding up the covenant, we're shining a light into the darkness of the world so they can see a distinction, so they can make a a decision. Wow, I see God. In Exodus chapter 11, he says, Moreover, there shall be a great cry in the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such shall never be again. But against any of the sons of Israel, dogs shall not even bark, whether against man or beast, that you may understand how the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt, the world, and Israel, the church. God's ideal has always been that there be a distinction between the world and between His people. Always. Always, always, always. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John have been arrested and they are being told, don't say nothing. Don't be preaching about this Jesus guy. The problem though is that the elders and the scribes who are in Jerusalem in the seats of government in the seats of religion the problem they're having is that 5,000 men have believed what they were saying. And not only did they believe what they were saying But they seen the kingdom of God because people were being healed, people were being delivered, people were being, come on, set free, demons being cast out. See that just that makes some people uncomfortable. Because we deny the spiritual realm. And when Peter and John were let loose and they went back to the brethren they began to rejoice and they began to recite what scripture says and it says, why did the Gentiles rage? Why were they so mad? Why are they so mad at us right now? Why are they saying, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're unloving, you have no tolerance? Why did the Gentiles rage? And the people devised feudal things Listen, everything that they're devising, it's all futile. Why? Because He's the God who was. He's the God who is. And He's the God who is to come. It's all futile. They can devise whatever they want. They can elect whoever they want. But they can't stop the kingdom of God. Come on. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. They were coming together against God's anointed. And if you can understand this, that when we're making a stand, it's just normal everyday business to be persecuted. When you understand that you living and shining a light, you're going to be hammered. Come on. It's just a normal way of life. Open your window. Bow down on the ground. And continue to pray. And if they throw you in the lion's den, let me tell you something. Lions don't eat lions. They'll eat sheep, though. man I heard this you know why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't burn up because the fire on the inside of them was hotter than the fire on the outside the king said make it seven times hotter that ain't nothing I'm on fire for the kingdom of God come on man what are you on fire for you walk through the fire you won't even smell like smoke listen that's just a normal day in in a christian's life to walk through the fire walk through the lion's den to walk through the red sea to walk through the plagues to walk through it's just a normal day of life oh man there should have been lots of hankies on that you should have come out of your seat on that it's just a normal day to walk through this life where they're trying to enforce uh, 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 all this junk on us. Trying to scare us off with high gas prices. You know what? High fuel prices ain't stopped us from going and declaring the word of the Lord not one time. You know what we did? We just kept sticking the nozzle in the tank. And we'll just keep sticking the nozzle in there until all that runs out. Then we'll start walking or riding tamale. That's Peyton's horse. (laughs) Whatever it takes. Come on. We're not worried about inflation, we're not worried about recession. We're not worried. Listen, God's brought his people all through the Bible, one person stood. One person made a stand. They can't stop us. They can't There's there's no way. They tried to shut us down for church. What did all it did every time you try to oppress God's people, they multiply. Just something about it. They they just multiply. Okay, shut us down. Well, we'll go online and speak to a bunch of more people. Come on, man. This church is touching lives in Utah. Man, Billy Staten called the other day. He was on fire. He's like, man, we got some Mormons are coming. They're coming. They're watching our service on a wall in a library. You know why? Because we went and did a rodeo school. We went and got in the dirt, bucked a few bulls, roped a few calves, roped a few steers, played, my God, we played games. Tell you, you can't hardly move. And now there's people in Utah that are receiving the word of God see you're a part of something that's making a stand in the midst of a government trying to shut them down in the midst of an enemy trying to stop us but I'm telling you he can't he can't stop us 2 Corinthians 3, 18. It says, "Be all, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Listen, it's the word of, of God that transforms our life. If your life is a mess and your life is going through hell right now, look right here because it is a mirror. This is what we got to get back to. Not doctrines, not traditions, the Word. If Listen, if your marriage is failing, if your relationships are a mess, right here. If your business is... Right here. It's all going to come to this book right here. No matter what we're going through, it's, it's all right here. I wish the president would call me and ask me. Why? Because this is where he would go. Here's what works. The Word of God works. The Word of God transforms our life. It transforms our life. Our belief system has got to change to where it says if it's in the Word, God, you said it, I believe it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it. But God, your Word says it'll transform my life. Let me tell you something. Our country is on the brink. Our country is on the brink. And I'm telling you, it's not too late. We may not see it. I migrated. My grandbabies will. We may not see it, but I bet my grandbabies will. But if we don't make a stand right now, what they're going to have to live through, you think it's bad now. Come on, are y'all with me? Y'all stand to your feet. So when I tell you our praise and worship is probably going to get even louder. God is restoring a shout back in his people. God is restoring that He is holy. God is going to restore the fear of the Lord. Because if we don't get the fear of the Lord, you're not going to stand. I'm talking about a reverential fear that says, God, you're holy. Because, see, everybody will tell you they love God. The problem is they just don't know Him. Can I get a mic? The problem is we don't know Him. And the reason we don't know Him is because we don't know His Word.
2: his message I really felt in my spirit the I felt the Holy Spirit say and he just throughout the end of it he just kept confirming it and I was like it's just me it's for me and then he said something and I was like okay that's for everybody and uh, I felt like I heard him say you just sat through a boot camp and he's the sergeant and he's equipping you because whether you like it or not, we're on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. You, didn't, you don't get to choose. But the good thing is, is he chose you for such a time as this.
1: Man, there you go.
2: So don't feel like yep. this is too much for me.
1: That's right. <laughs> he
2: chose you to be here right now. Yeah. And you are not here in this room by accident. That's right. Because he just gave you everything you need. And I don't know about you, I'm not a fighter. I'm not. (laughs) But if I'm going to have to be on the battlefield, which you do, Mm -hmm. I want to be equipped so that I can be effective. That's right. Because what I'm telling you right now, and this I, this is all just confirmation what he said, but what I'm telling you is, if you don't stand and you don't fight, you won't make it. That's right. Yeah. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. You can choose to not do anything that he just said, and you can choose to do what Christians have always done and sat in this place and listened and did nothing but you won't make it. Yeah. And this is your warning.
0: Yeah.
1: And here's what she doesn't know. Before I preached this message at the conference in Arkansas, two pastors, I woke up out of a horrible dream that I was preaching this message and I'm preaching it and I'm preaching it and everybody's having conversations they're not listening and and I keep preaching and I keep preaching and man I mean I'm and, and nobody's listening and I mean, everybody's enthroned in their own conversations and doing their own thing, but nobody's listening because they're so rooted and grounded in doctrine and tradition that they can't even hear it because the enemy has a veil over their face. And I'm telling you, me and Nick were at a pastoral alliance meeting And we've seen that veil. What I'm telling you is, don't dismiss this. If you have questions, let's ask. Let's ask. Because we've got to all get on the same page here. we've got to figure out that hey we win this thing regardless of what's going on but we can't just keep sitting back and not working on what the Holy Spirit's having us to work on see we may have to change some things we may have to rethink how we come here and worship. We may have to rethink our worship. We may have to rethink our study habits. We may have to rethink. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Because it doesn't just affect us. It's affecting everything around us. Again, you may be the only Jesus that they see. Father, I come to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. Everything else is a lie but God. And Father, I thank you right now that your word is powerful, dividing, spirit and soul the bone and the marrow I mean it's sharper than any two edged sword Lord let it change us transform us Lord help us to renew our minds to your word Lord help us to be the Ezekiel that stands that declares your word Father, we thank you that we have the power over this darkness. Lord, I thank you that you begin to stir in these people to be seated in our school boards, seated in our local government offices Lord I thank you that we can take back Liberty County Lord I thank you for such a time as this that we will see thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth Lord, I thank you. I pray your healing power begin to move through this body. Deliver us, Lord, from the hands of the enemy. Lord, I speak freedom from all oppression and depression. I speak life Lord, I thank you that you will make us whole. Lord, I thank you. Your word is true. Lord, let us see the awe of God in our time pray Holy Spirit that you have the freedom to move in this place we give you liberty Holy Spirit to do your work those struggling with addictions those struggling Lord I thank you right now they are set free. Lord, I speak healing. And I speak life. Father, I thank you for your word is true. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord. from the top of her head to the tip of her toes Holy Spirit we thank you we pray thy kingdom come and thy will be done and I thank you Lord for all that you're doing In this time I give you praise and I rejoice and I rejoice and we rejoice (laughs) we thank you Thank you Lord Yes (laughs) Thank you Lord thank you Lord for the joy of the Lord is our strength (laughs) oh we thank you Lord (laughs) thank you Lord strengthen this body strengthen it yes Lord for what you've done we thank you and what you're going to do Lord We rejoice. (laughs) That's praise and worship. (laughs) That's praise and worship. Woo, man. (laughs) (laughs) Father, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, let your word resound out of this place. Lord, let us hear that roar of heaven. Let me tell you, the enemy is not liking this. The enemy is not liking this.
0: David, see if it's on. Okay. The the uh, in Acts chapter four, David's talking about Peter and Peter and John being in jail. That happened because they had heard a message in chapter two. That's right. Chapter two ended after Pentecost. Peter and John didn't think anything different. They were headed to church. Two Christians headed to the Jewish temple. Yeah. Nothing had changed for them other than they had found their Messiah. <laughs> but on the way in, a man who had been crippled from birth, that's us, Yeah, was laying there begging. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but I'm going to give you what I got, what they had just got the day before. <laughs> Get up and walk that's what David just gave you this morning the Word of God that's what every one of us has to give we don't need your fashion we don't need your recipes you don't need to know what I do for a living what that what the world needs that's right is that Jesus Christ died for their sins And he wants them to live here and now in his kingdom. Man, it's good. It's great. That scripture is important because it backs up everything. And I don't don't know this off the top of my head. I read all this before chapter 4. I don't even know what chapter 4 said (laughs) three weeks ago. I told you this. Yeah. But when we leave... That's us, the church out in the world. Give them what you have. Man, that's good. You don't have to be a preacher. Yeah. You tell them Jesus loves them, and he wants their life to be better, and go to the Word. Man, that's good. Mark. It will not fail. That's right. The earth was created in seven days. We're no longer than it. We're, we're at most, we're 8,000 years old. Yeah, there you go. It's hard to believe because of what we're taught. That's what that book says. Mm -hmm. and that's the only truth it's the real truth give the world what you have It's good and point them to him I don't care what you know yeah that's good Becky
3: I just want to um, we were praying and I saw you praying for her and I just want to tell people what I saw Hmm. I heard a. I heard someone speaking I can't even tell you who it was They said that a church on fire, that as people will come in. There will be people in wheelchairs come in, and they will walk before they hit the doors. I saw that little girl, and I don't know her name, but I know she's Rhonda's granddaughter. And then I looked up, and I saw you praying, y'all, it's going to happen. She's going to get up and walk through that door. That's right. I also heard that a church on fire. That the glory of the Lord will set up on the church, and there will be a fire burning, and it will not be consumed. I declare that this is that church, y'all. Yes. I declare that this is that church, and a mm-hmm. few weeks ago you had preached a sermon to get on the boat, y'all. This is the time, like Noah's, like Noah's time, the days of Noah. There were mm-hmm. people that heard the word, they mocked him, and and the line is drawn.
0: Mm-hmm. The line is
3: drawn. The line was drawn then. And those that chose, they perished. You saw what happened. Go back to the Word and read on Noah's Ark. You saw what happened. They perished. And he took very few, only Mm -hmm. his family, because no one believed him. History repeats itself, Mm y'all. We're in the days of Exodus. Go back. I'm I'm rereading Exodus right now during the fast. We did a Bible study about a year ago, and we paralleled it to what's going on today. Y'all, we're here. We're here. Mm -hmm. We're we're at that Red Sea moment. We're ready to cross, y'all. So get on on the boat. And like (laughs) she said, this is the war zone. This is your warning. It's here. There's no more getting ready. You got to be ready.
1: Wow, that's good. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Listen, love y'all. And listen, go be the light. Go be the light. Father, I thank you and I praise you. We send them out. We send them out, Father God, as representatives of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.